Oh yeah. Well, sorry, I can't hear you with all that in the background. What are you? What are you banging around in pots and pans back there? Sounds like you're in a fishbowl, no. Josh. Yeah. I, I said it. I said it. Uh, sounds like you need to hang out with some more pregnant women. Wow. No, I'm good. I'm all set. All set. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, the Warriors won. Um, Tatum had a. Absolutely. I take back what I said about Tatum a second the next level. He had an absolutely awful finals. He, he was terrible in the finals. Um, and he was locked down by a guy that just started getting defensively some, you know, getting some points on the defensive end for the last, like, you know, two, three years or so. People have been saying Andrew Wiggins' defense has gotten better. He's always had the length. He was just lazy in Minnesota. Um, all of a sudden, you know, you have someone that's not even a top tier defender, really, and up until recently, blocking you out completely. I, and, you, and granted, I, I think he's gotten better. Wiggins has gotten better, but let's not act like he's been on all NBA defensive teams. Oh no, it started. It started when he had that one season with with Phibs, you know, where he had like a renewed resurgence on, uh, you know, on defense, and then it kind of it got better as soon as he got to the Warriors. You know, the Warriors started focusing on his strengths, you know. You could use a guy like Wiggins to play power forward five, six rebounds a game. Yeah. But it's not like it's not like we had Bruce Bowen on him. You know, it's not like right. we had right. a nine time defensive first teamer guarding. Right. You didn't have yeah, you didn't have like Gary Payton on him or anything like that. Like nobody nobody like that is Again, I now in that in that mix I'd put in like PJ Tucker. Even though PJ Tucker doesn't have maybe the accolades, he's just a very good defender. The whole league knows it. Right. Right. Um so now let me ask you guys, because this is I actually really thought about this and you guys might disagree with me. I, I and I it's because um Antoine Walker made such a compelling argument that I actually was swayed a little bit. Um, I I thought for sure in my mind that if Curry with his accolades being one of the greatest shooters of all time, with this championship, Curry would rank probably near the top ten all-time player-wise. But I, I, I don't have them in there. I, there was a very compelling argument about, well, who do you kick off? Because Antoine Walker brought this up. He's like, we all know cemented right now. And, and everybody, you can agree or disagree on the order, but we all know that locked in 100% are Jordan, LeBron, Kareem, Magic Johnson, Bill Russell, Kobe Bryant, and Larry Bird. Right? Those were that seven guys. No Will They're Chamberlain not- in, the, in, in that mix? No Will. I, well, yeah, but both near the bottom, near the bottom of the top ten. But that's what Antoine Walker said. He goes, so let's assume that locked into the top spots are Jordan and LeBron and and Kareem and Magic and Bill Russell and Larry Bird and Kobe Bryant. That's seven right there. Then Chamberlain, okay, Tim Duncan, O'Neal, Hakeem Olajuwon, Tim Duncan. That's 10 right there now. Who do you bump off to move Steph Curry above any of those guys? I don't – yeah, it's it's too hard to, to put him into the to, – to take out some of those players, any one of those players to put Steph Curry in. I mean, I know he's got more rings than Hakeem Olajuwon. Hakeem Olajuwon has two rings. Steph has four. Hakeem Olajuwon didn't get a chance to play on a team that featured Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson and Draymond. And Hakeem Olajuwon also won Defensive Player of the Year. He did. I forget that. Times. Yeah, times. more than once. More than once. But you throw out Tim Duncan, who also has four championships. Right, that's what I was saying, t- Timmy D. Like, Timmy D yeah. belongs n- somewhere near that list, close close to it, right? I, I would put Tim Duncan above Chamberlain. I'll be honest with you. And the reason I say that is when Wilt was playing, his main competition was Bill Russell. And then there was a bunch of six foot nine white dudes guarding. Yeah, but wouldn't you say the same for, for Russell then? If you say that for Will. You you do, but Russell has 11 championships. And I know that you only had to win one or two playoff series, and then you were in the title, right? And there were like 12 teams at one point. Yeah, but 
anytime you have someone, and, but Bill Russell beat Wilt Chamberlain head to head multiple times to get those titles, right? Right. right. So true. True. I would put Bill Russell there. I would probably knock Wilt out in favor of Timmy Timmy D. But I Shaq doesn't make that list either, huh? Who? Shaq. I said Shaq already. Oh, you you mentioned Shaq? I'm yeah, sorry, I didn't I, hear. Yeah, I mentioned Shaq. I mentioned Shaq on there, and then. Then you also got a guy like Dwayne Wade. But I would probably put Curry above D. Wade. But right now, Curry to me is more of a top 15 player, not a top 10. I don't know if he can get to the top 10 at this point in his career. I, I don't I don't really see it. I don't know if I see it happening. Now, and that's where, you know, Josh and, and Sam, I kind of want to get your opinion. Is, is Steph Curry a top 10 player of all time currently? I what think um, another championship and get yeah. another Finals MVP. Yeah, I think uh, you know he's he. What's bolstering his, you know, um, his his uh, I guess force behind becoming top ten. I think is the fact that he a has broken the three point you know record right in the NBA. Yeah. He holds it currently now, um, and he's revolutionized the game. He's got the four rings. He has now the Finals MVP to go along with it. Um, he's got to ha- he's got to need he needs at least two more rings to get into that top ten in my opinion. So he'd have to be at six rings then. And and it sucks to say that because with six rings you have like Jordan sitting at the top, but it's just the nature of where Curry fell. Like Jordan was all the, you know he was a defensive player of the year. He was an all uh, first team defensive uh, you know uh, all NBA defensive team he, multiple times eight nine times. You know there's other things that Jordan also did along with leading the league in scoring. To go with those six championships, and he never lost in the final. Right. Well, let's be honest too with Jordan. His teams were not okay. That second Bulls team was pretty loaded with Dennis Rodman and Pippen and Jordan. But that it really wasn't loaded because you only had your starting five that was loaded. That's true because you had Judd Bushler and Randy Brown and all you had was Tony Kukoc off the bench. One one well-known name off the bench. That's it. Steve Kerr and Steve Kerr. Oh yeah. Okay. Fine. Steve Kerr. Fine. True that. But it was, and uh, Josh, Sam, you know, uh, let me know what you guys are thinking. The greatest Pippen was, and he's no doubt a top 50 player of all time, but at the time, let's say from like 1989 to 1999, that 10-year period, if Jordan was the best player in the league, can you make it – you can't make a case that Pippen was the second or third best player in the league, I don't think. No way. No way. You have Carl Malone. You still have, you know, again, Beast still playing. You know, you right. still have Hakeem Olajuwon, David Robinson. You have tons of other exactly. – Nikhil O'Neal played, you know, 92 onwards. So, like, yeah, I, I don't know if you could say that at all. Even in that 10-year span, he falls out of the top 10, I would say. You know, there's I – mean, or maybe, sorry, not out of the top 10, but, like, on the tail end of the top 10, right? So, so in that matter, because I agree with you, and Josh, uh, I'll get to you in just one second. Uh, um, uh, I agree with you that Pippen was probably a top 15 player in the league at that time. But when Curry won championships, he got one title against LeBron because LeBron didn't have Kyrie Irving or Kevin Love. Then they lost the next year in seven games. Then he brings in Kevin Durant. At that point in time, you could assume that the Warriors had two top ten players in Curry and Durant because Durant at that time when he came over was probably a top three player in the league. And Curry, Curry and Durant were probably two of the top five players in the league. Then you have, and you have you have Clay Thompson who was still playing at an elite level. So you have Clay Thompson. Who was probably Ooh. top 20, top 20. To yeah, exactly, exactly. And then Draymond Green, you probably have in the top 35 players in the league. So yeah, you have- you're bumping him up based on the defense and everything else that he brings right. to the table, not his scoring, right? Exactly. So you had four players who were probably top 30, top 35 in the league. The Bulls, throughout their entire run, never had four players that were in the top 35. Because I don't even – maybe Rodney. Maybe Rodman, you could make the case. For so the- you could do the Rodman and Draymond comparison almost. You know, you could do an apple to apple there, right? But even even with that, that's 
three top players in the top 30. And that Michael still had a three-peat the first time around with just him and Pippen. Not to say that Paxton and Horace Grant and B.J. Armstrong, these guys, weren't good players. They were solid players. But he, Jordan never had a team that had – He never played with Hakeem Olajuwon on the same team. Right. Or Shaquille O'Neal, for that matter. Or Shaquille right? O'Neal or Charles Barkley. or Charles Carl Barkley, yeah. All these greats, you know, David Robinson. Um, and then even when, when Jordan was coming into the league and there were other players like Magic and Bird that were getting – they were on the tail end of, of their careers, it's not like he kind of joined their squads either, right? Right. So we haven't heard from Josh. I'm sorry. I've been I've been kind of talked up, so I've been talking. Josh, let, let's hear what you got to say, man. Yeah, Josh. Now I've been, I've been putting away groceries and and trying to feed the baby while you guys are talking. But uh, <laughs> Seth, Seth Curry, I would say he he's in, he's top ten all day long. Uh, really? As far as in the NBA right now, I mean I I would say he's top five. He's just all the right, type of player now, that can all time. Can, all time? No, no, I'm talking about in the NBA right now. Okay. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good player in the NBA right uh, now. But uh, as far as all time, we're talking like I think all time, Josh. We're talking all time. All time, I think he's right on the cusp of being in the top ten. Just for the fact that okay. he's the best pure shooter that the NBA's ever seen. So See, I, again, and, I, I, I want to agree. Josh, but at the same time, I'm going to go ahead and disagree. Like, if someone gave Reggie Miller the green light to shoot 13, 15, 23-pointers a game, I think you'd see a different type of shooter. Same as Ray Allen. Ray Allen, you know, he made his niche later on as a sharpshooter, but no one gave him open range to just launch 23-pointers a game. Uh, and if they had, who knows? Who knows what would have happened? Who knows? Who knows what would have happened? Very true. I mean, I I just think he revolutionized the whole shooting the three-point shot. Uh, just by the way how fast he can get it off. Uh, he is a smaller player, too. Reggie Miller, what, a few inches taller? Ray Allen, a few inches we're, taller? We're talking about, like, just three-point specialists, right? We're talking about great, great shooters, right? So well, Reggie Miller hey, falls you, on the list of great shooters. Even even inside the three-point line, the, the dude can shoot. So... I mean, I, I think you're right. I think one more, I think one more title, seeing it's his position in the, in a top ten all time. See, I don't I, think two me and, and me and Mike had this conversation like probably like two three weeks ago, and I was telling Mike that I think that Steph Curry would be like a sixth man of the year in the '90s, in the '80s. Yeah, yeah, I think at, so. at best, at best is is what he that's what he would be, you know. Basically, what his yeah, dad was a six man of the year, you know, yeah. a sharpshooter off the bench. Yeah, I mean, pretty much every 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 ten years, every decade, it's a different style, and that's what we have to go by the style of how these players played back in the seventies, eighties. I agree. Completely. But then, how can you and, say that one style is greater than the other, right? So, like, there's been the changes in uh, of guard, right? In the last ten years or so, you know, you go through your your ups and your downs of of possible rule changes, including, you know, stars going other ways. At the same time, you can't say that the three-point revolution, just because it makes it more believable, just like baseball with the home runs, doesn't mean that it's better, per se. Yeah, see, oh, I don't think I, think I, I, I liked watching basketball in the 90s when they were beating up on each other. I liked that. I liked yeah. the physicality. I don't uh, hey, I'm going to touch you, and it's a foul. But no. Jack had 60 points and 20 rebounds in a game, bro, like five blocks, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that is like revolutionizing basketball, right, in my opinion. Basketball is the only sport. It is the only sport where you could feasibly say, I can take Wilt Chamberlain from the 60s, drop him in today's game, and Wilt Chamberlain will still average 25 points and 15 rebounds. You yep. cannot say that about any other sport, really. If I take a defensive lineman from the 1960s who was six foot one, 250 pounds, he's going to get slaughtered going up against the offensive lineman of today. If I take some of these running backs that played in the 60s and 70s or 50s, like hell, even quarterbacks, they won't be able to compete in today's game. In baseball, 
If I take fucking Ty Cobb or Babe Ruth and say, okay, now now you gotta now you gotta hit 93 mile per hour change ups and 94 mile per hour sliders and guys that are throwing 101, I can almost guarantee you that those players of the eras of the 20s, 30s, and even some of the 40s would struggle to hit in today's league. But basketball, I feel, is the one sport where if you were good in the 50s and 60s, you would be good in today's game. And you guys might disagree with that, but the term bigger, stronger, faster doesn't apply in basketball, in my opinion, because you got guys – you had centers back in the day who were big and strong, and now you got centers who don't even protect the rim. The centers look like fucking Rudy Gobert, who would get destroyed. If Rudy Gobert had to go up against Shaq and David Robinson. And oh, forget about it. Forget about it. It's a rock. It's a rock. Of the year. He's no. getting fucking annihilated. Right. No, but I, I, and, you know, for that matter, I'll say that you could take LeBron James and put him – in a different era, and he will still succeed. Maybe not to the in, in in the era that he's currently in, but he will be a great player. I think in any era. Exactly, and you can't say that about football or baseball necessarily. I, I still I still think that Steph Curry is in that top fifteen. He's got to win another chip, maybe even one more. Who knows? To 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 hey, about the Warriors are set up for greatness, and this is something. Sam, that you talked, that you and I talked about, and Josh, uh, we'll get your two cents in here. Is I think LeBron should take a page out of Curry's book. The, Cur- uh, yeah. the Warriors dynasty ended. Kevin Durant left. Ty- uh, Clay Thompson got hurt. They sucked for about two years. They retooled. They got. They added Wiseman, Moody, Kaminga, and Wiggins. Young players. They are now set up for the next for the next five years as Curry starts to wind down and exit his prime. LeBron goes to a team, he makes them trade away all of their young assets to win now, and then if they don't win now, they are fucked for the future. The Lakers gave up so much to get Anthony Davis, who's made out of fucking glass. They gave up so much to get him. And I still feel right now Anthony Davis, when healthy, is a top five, ten player in the league. But I would take Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, and Josh Hart and Kyle Kuzma right now over Davis and Westbrook. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, you know, there are ups and downs. I completely agree, but. If you just go back to, like, what you said about LeBron going and completely retooling, you know, the roster, uh, if he had stayed in Cleveland, when he went back to Cleveland and he had Kyrie Irving, instead of forcing a trade for Kevin Love, they had actually gotten Andrew Wiggins, right, right, which is what the plan was, I think he would have been a completely different player, you know? And I think that they would have been able to build a really good young core, uh, uh, you know, that, that can continue working. Uh, the way Curry did, kind of, you know, even if LeBron's out a year, injured, whatever, it doesn't matter. The young squad keeps running, right? Kyrie still keeps going, and so does Andrew Wiggins, for that matter. Well, right, the Warriors had were without Curry for like 25 games this year, and they they still managed to to finish with the third best record in the league. Yeah, uh, speaking of Kyrie, apparently there's a uh, article out that they're looking at him going to the Lakers. Or the Knicks, they don't think the Knicks. Yeah, pay him. I mean, so he has his player option, which he has like the, till the 29th to pick up. So if he picks up his, what the Nets want him to do is that they want him to pick up his option for next year, play out the year on that option, right, and then sign him to a long long term deal. They want a commitment on his end. Whereas Kyrie's saying, I don't know if I want to take the player option. I may just want to strike out a larger deal now. Uh, you know, now that I'm in, getting in my into my 30s. I want a five-year, four-year, whatever it is, right? Dude, I'm sorry. I would would not pay that. But guess what? Guess what? The Knicks are going to pay. The Knicks will pay that. There are teams out there that will pay it, 
right? And Kyrie gets to still, he's a New Jersey native. He gets to stay closer to home. So, but I, I, I think that's a stupid move, dumb move. He needs to go on a team where he has very little uh, responsibility. You know, if he ends up on that Lakers squad, he won't have much to do. It'll be AD and, and LeBron and hopefully you know, whoever else is there. But, all right, here's a guy who has played in a total of 104 games in three, Out of like 216, right? In like Brooklyn. Yeah, in Brooklyn. Yeah. 104 games. 82 games per year is, you know, it's like, two, I don't know what the math is on that, but the 82 times three is, is that's. Uh, he, he played a little bit over a year of basketball pretty much in three years. Yeah. He's just, he's not, he's not reliable, man. And nope. I, I just, I don't see, you know, if we're talking about teams that can potentially knock off the Warriors next year, I, I don't see the Nets being one of those teams, even if Irving comes oh, back. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, me neither. I, 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 it's going to be if we're talking about teams with pride that are best positioned to knock off the Warriors next year. We, we got to talk out of the East, probably the Celtics and the Bucks, because you know the Bucks got just unlucky with Chris Middleton getting injured right in the middle. You know, right now, you know, right now they can trade contracts for Kyrie for Drew Holiday. That can happen too, just from a from a financial standpoint. That from a money perspective, it makes yeah. sense. If I'm Milwaukee, they can, they can pull that off. I don't want that deal. If I'm Milwaukee, but like, it, but it's yeah, of course. You know, I wouldn't either. But what I'm saying is that if something like that happens, it changes the landscape. I would honestly, you know, who I would go after. I would say this. I would make Utah the best deal I could. I would, I would send Kyrie Irving and maybe yeah. Donovan Mitchell, right? Yeah, Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell's from the New York area. Um, I don't think he's happy in Utah. Quinn Snyder left. I think Utah, you try to retool around Kyrie and Rudy Gobert. Utah doesn't, Utah's uh, very lax with the COVID restrictions. He can play a lot. Um, you know, you have Burning Man out, Burning Man out there. Kyrie Irving would probably be very happy out in Utah. Um, so I, I don't know. I would, I would see what I could swing there because I think you give me Durant and Donovan Mitchell, and if Ben Simmons comes back and just plays solid defense, you probably have at least a top four seed, but I, I still don't see them getting yeah. Boston or, or Milwaukee. Well, maybe back. Boston. I don't think Milwaukee. Boston, okay. and why I'll tell, you, I'll tell you Boston is because Boston had its real true test this this time around, and you'd think that it's going to make them better, but we really have to see how next year pans out. You know? That's, you're right. You're right. They're you're already right. bitching. Like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are already bitching at each other like okay. about – what the way things turned out because Jalen Brown wasn't given opportunities because this guy was shooting like two for 13, you know, Tatum was shooting terrible, you know, and I don't know, but, but both of them had like, you know, they were get they had eight, seven, eight turnovers each. They just yeah. played so sloppy, so sloppy, you know, it, it just allowed the Warriors to win. So why not Miami? My, I think Miami. Yeah, Miami. The, you, hey, that's a possibility mean, as well. I mean, I they were right there. I'll be honest. You know what they could do? They could do like a Tyler Hero and and Kyle Lowry for, for Irving. Or, I mean, if they swung the fence, if Pat Riley swung the fence and got in another big-time player, I could see it. I just – I don't – I, I I think the Celtics showed how you can beat the Heat, and I think they showed how you can neutralize Bam Abadayo. Yeah, Bam's and, not the Bam's not a top tier talent, bro. He's yeah, always going to be a number two. Yeah, and I think and, and you, still, you still what? Go ahead. I would say Miami still was in that series with the Celtics without Tyler Hero too, and a hurt. I mean, uh, and Jimmy, Jimmy was hurt, bro. He was out games more than yeah, one game. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, so right. I, mean, I mean, they they could have easily won that series. I I just don't see them getting back to that point. I think the fact that the Celtics and Bucks met in the second round instead of in the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, you know, the Heat. Who did the Heat have to go through? But uh, up until the Celtics, they I think they got a shitty Philadelphia team. Yeah, they got a really bad, broken down Philly squad. Yeah, and then whoever they played in the first round, which was like the eighth seed, who Cavs, I think. Was it, the Cavs? Was it the Cavs? 
might have been the Cavs or whoever. Yeah, it was, yeah. Basically dunk at that point. So uh, it was either the Cavs or like uh, the Hornets or somebody. I, I don't remember, but yeah, uh, bottom of the barrel. Yeah, bottom of the barrel. So they didn't have to. They didn't have to beat anybody. I I don't know. I I hate to write off the heat, but I think they need to make a splash in free agency or big trade to bring in somebody. Um, for me to consider them a title contender, but I I would still have. My top five for the NBA going into next year, I would have it as, as Golden State number one, Milwaukee at number two, Boston at number three, Memphis at number four, and I'll probably uh, I'll go out on a limb and I'll say Dallas at number five. I think Phoenix is going to fall off next year. Not that bad. I think Phoenix will not be a 60-game winner. I think they'll be, like, somewhere around the fourth or fifth seed in the NBA next year. I, I, I just think some of those teams in the West are going to get better because they're younger. Uh, Phoenix doesn't I have a feeling a couple more, like, losses in the playoffs, and Devin Booker is going to be like, I need to go. Yeah, and then DeAndre Ayton, we don't know what's going to happen with him. So I, I, I think Memphis and Dallas, along with Golden State, are better positioned next year, especially with Dallas swinging the trade for Christian Wood. So that's that's a, that's an underrated move in my opinion. Um, but all right, we got about 28 minutes left. We spent a lot of time talking NBA. I want to move on to the next segment here, um, and then uh, we'll, we'll uh, talk a little bit of baseball now. And I and I think you guys are going to be shocked when I ask you this this question uh, because I, I I think you will all assume it's more. But should Mike Trout? demand a trade because I, I want to ask you he's been in the major leagues since his first full season was 2012 he he was a September call up in 2011 at 19 but he his first full season was in 2012 so this is his 10th season in the major leagues how many times has Mike Trout been to the playoffs I don't think he's made. I don't think they made it in the last ten years. If it is, it might be one. Josh, you're correct. One playoff appearance where they were swept in the ALDS. They played three games. They were swept by Kansas City in the ALDS in 2014. Mike Trout had 15 plate appearances. He mustered one hit, which was a home run. He had two strikeouts and he had a batting average of point eight three. So I mean, the, uh, you know, to his, in his defense, he's never played in the playoffs. So I mean, you got to cut him some slack. That was the first time that he played in the playoffs. I'm sure. It had he gone to the playoffs more frequently, he would get better. But in the postseason, there's was, was that the one Kansas City player. one though? Yeah, that was the year Kansas City one. Um, so Kansas, I think starting pitchers after the well, following year either like 14 or 15. I think the Royals made it to like back-to-back World Series or something, something crazy. But to give the Royals credit, that pitching staff was awesome. The the, the couple years that they had that pitching staff, they were shutting everybody out. So give them credit. Uh, right. I don't think it's all on Trout, but uh, that pitching staff was amazing that season. So – there's only one player that I can compare Trout to in Major League Baseball history that that comes to mind as far as being universally recognized as probably one as a top three player in all of baseball and uh, and an all time great already. That's Ken Griffey Jr. Ken Griffey Jr. with the Mariners made the postseason. Yeah, he stuck around a long time with those guys. He did, and he he only made the postseason twice. Seattle, once in '95 when they made it to the ALCS and lost in six games to Cleveland, and then once in '97 where they lost in the ALDS in five games. Uh, but he he played, and then he had a postseason appearance with the White Sox in in '08 when he was basically broken down and, and like already he was like 41 at the time or something, so that barely counts. But um, Ken Griffey Jr. is the only player that I can really compare that to because there was a lot of other great players who at least made the playoffs consistently. Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, uh, Mike Piazza, and others. But Ken Griffey Jr., as great as he was, 
ever made the playoffs in Cincinnati, and he only made it twice in, in Seattle with loaded rosters with Payrod and Jay Buhner and Randy Johnson and Edgar Martinez. Uh, Mike Trout hasn't really had the talent put around him, but if I'm Trout and I'm sitting here this year, this year we're we're getting close to the All Star break. We're about about another. And he's know, playing lights out this year. He is. He's already got 21 home runs. 21 home runs this season, and he and he's hitting 290. I, 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 I played enough. Like, uh, what's that? Go ahead, Josh. I said you you can. You have one that's in Cincinnati that can compare to Mike Trout, and that's Joey Votto. Look at Votto's his. Votto's been in the playoffs he, times than Trout has. No, I'm saying he he's in a similar situation. He's only made the playoffs five times in a, 19 years. So same type same type of player that stuck with one team, and that team just did the disservice of not getting to the playoffs. King Griffey Jr. What other team was he on? He was on the Reds. The Reds have a history of getting these great players, and they can't do anything with them. That's that. That's that small. Not not all the time though, because all right, yes, four playoff appearances for Votto, and in, in the nineteen years that he's been there, fine. It's not it's not great, but I don't think anybody considers Votto the best player in baseball or a top three player now, in baseball. Yeah, whereas Trout is, is in a different, I think, group of Mike. You know. What's that? I said when he was in his prime back in 2000, no. what, through 2015, he was, he was top three in the league. He was the no best way. hitter. Well, you have got Absolutely. to be kidding me. Absolutely. What league are you watching? The MVPs, man. He should have three MVPs. He has one. He has one MVP. And he has, he's only he's finished in one top more. five two other times. He should have had two more MVPs. He got screwed out of two other MVPs. I'm telling you. Vada was, was the walk machine. No one would pitch to him. They weren't, they weren't like Barry Bonds. I, I, I have to disagree with you there, Josh. I, there's, I don't think there's a comparison of Trout and Votto because Trout. I'm not. I'm not. There's comparison. Look at. Just, I think stats. Stats will speak for themselves. So, take a look at the stats and do a comparison of stats. Don't well, say peak Votto you know, versus peak Trout. Votto. You have to say stats that matter, right? He's played ten years. Votto's played nineteen. The last four or five years, Votto has absolutely sucked. But the years that he was really, yeah, I mean, really so that, good. It just sounds like you're making excuses for him now, right? I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm saying, you look at the, twi- the, the good years the Votto had, he was one of the best hitters in baseball. He didn't hit a lot okay, of home runs. Look, he didn't have to. I understand look that he was a great contact, contact hitter, but let me ask you a question. If I'm talking the best, the absolute best players, Mike Trout, we all know, probably it, it is right there in the top. Would you take Votto over Miguel Cabrera? No way. No, no chance. You're not taking. Uh, I mean, probably not because. Okay, go ahead. I would say probably not, but I mean, I would still rank Votto. It went with Mickey in there. He was he was top five in the in MLB. He really was. You look at his his years that he did really really well. He was one of the best players. Okay, all right. So, I mean, here's here's you, okay. I I get it, but there are players in that time frame, 2010 to 2015, that I think were better than Vada. Mike Trout, Miguel Cabrera are two of them. Clayton Kershaw is another one. No. Andrew McCutcheon. No. You're fucking wait smoking shit right wait, hold now, on. Dude. They had the same number of MVPs, bro. You're smoking well, that's shit. Most, that's, <laughs> what? You're smoking Andrew the McCutcheon. funny shit. Andrew McCutcheon, Andrew McCutcheon in that same two good years. No, 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 man. Two years. Dude, I, dude, dude, I, I can't even, I can't, I can't, I can't right now. If you look right now. Joey Votto and Andrew McCutcheon. 
I, and McCutcheon is, you know, he's lost a step. You know, he's not he's not the same he's not the same player that he was. But uh, neither is Votto, for that matter, right? Neither is Votto. Yeah, I mean, Votto's what, 38, 38 years old? That's why. All right, let's, I'm 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 doing I'm doing this. I'm I'm comparing it from 2010 for McCutcheon, and I am I and I am comparing it. Uh, I am comparing actually their 2000. And, uh, I'm comparing their MVP years. Okay. So McCutcheon won the MVP at 2013. Votto won it in 2010. Okay? No! Or was that do – I, do I have the right year? I might have. I might have it's actually 2014 that McCutcheon won the MVP. And his war. His war is – oh, my God. I don't, I, I don't know, man. It's, they're very, very close. Votto's a great player. Votto's a great player, but uh, I, I, I don't know that he was ever a top three player in the league for an ex- maybe for a season, but I, for an extended period of time, I don't know if I can say that. So, so tell me, that's what I'm saying. You're, you're taking just a couple of prime years of, of Votto and you're comparing it to multiple prime years of Trout, which well, is so, completely yeah. unfair. We have to. So you look at you look at walks by year for Votto. Votto has been one of the best hitters why in you, baseball. Josh, why are you why are you going based on just walks? I'm not. I'm I'm going all over the whole hitting. I mean, he still averaged the 300 average. He bats 300 average. 20, 20, 30 home runs a year. He's not I mean, a hitter. Mike just, Mike also just mentioned. He, we understand that Votto is a, a great contact hitter. But you can't compare him to Mike Trout, man, who's who's in the MVP conversation every year almost. I'm o- I only said what I said about – I think Mike Trout's absolutely the best player. I was just comparing that Mike Trout situation in, a, in Anaheim is the same situation that Votto's been in with the Reds, to where the, the players – No, man, on the I, think that, I think that Votto is a, is a less of a player, which is why he settled and stuck around for 19 years – which is why I think oh, Trout should be out. He could, been, he, he could have been to the Yankees. He could have been in any any place, and people would have paid him exactly what the Reds paid him. Absolutely. Guarantee it. All right. Well, so let's let's ask this. Should, should Trout say, all right, I've been in L.A. long enough? Should he demand a trade? I, I You know what? Yeah. Baseball is one of those sports where you can have longevity. I think past 40 for good players, great players can go a little bit longer, you know, depending on position. But, yeah, I I think, you know, Trout is now going to say, if I really want to make a push and win a chip and make a Hall of Fame bid and all those other things, then he needs a different situation. He needs to be on a a team that's going to win. He don't. He don't need his stats. He doesn't need a chip to be in the Hall of Fame. He'll be a first ballot Hall of Fame. I agree, but but it, you know it gives him more. It gives him more. It gives him an accomplishment, which every MLB star is. Everyone's looking to win the World Series to have it on their resume. And a great player like him to not have it on his resume, I think it's a little bit of a. It's not a smidge because he's going to make it regardless. But right. You know, it's just it is what it is. I mean, if, you, if he's getting compared to the modern-day Mickey Mantle, Mickey Mantle was a 20-time All-Star and won seven World Series. So, <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I mean, just to give you a stats perspective, for sure. And he deserves that. You know, 10 years of, of, of toiling in, in nonsense, you know, has gotten him really nowhere. Whereas he could have probably made it and gone to a better team, maybe a more loaded team, and, and just won it, right? Like the Angels don't have money to spend. They play in L.A. Right, they man. The, they have the money. Well, that's because they've been. They could have been on any of those New York teams and, and, and made a push, you know, or Boston teams and made a push, or Houston teams and made a push, you know? Dodgers. Oh, exactly. There you go. Right yeah. there. Stay home. Well, you, you look at, you. I mean, you mentioned Yankees, Boston, Dodgers. Look what they do. They go out and get really, really good players, and they make the playoffs consistently. LA. They're, they threw money at people that weren't very good and wasted a lot of money. That's the difference between the organizations. I just think Anaheim is just a bad organization. They are because there's all come to mind. 
that don't spend a crap ton of money but have also consistently been in the postseason, and that is the Tampa Bay Rays. That is the um, the Cleveland uh, Cleveland Guardians now, if you want to call them, but the Cleveland's always in the postseason, it seems like. Um, Kansas City made that push on a low roster as well, right, for a couple then, years? Yes, they did. Uh, like uh, the Braves and the Cardinals, they, they have like $90 million payrolls, but $95 million payrolls, but they're not – the Braves and the Cardinals aren't spending $175 million uh, to put their teams together. Like so, like the way New York is, right? Like the way New York or the Dodgers or, you know, Boston. Even Chicago for a bit, they they overpaid a bunch of people. Or the San Francisco Giants at one point were doing – or even the Washington Nationals at one point had a big, pretty high payroll. So uh, – I don't know. I, I just think Trout, I, if this season, they started out like gangbusters, then they fired Joe Madden amid a 14-game losing streak. If I'm Trout, I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm done after this season. I, I want to I trade. I, I demand to be traded. And you're, the Angels are going to get a shit ton of prospects back. And they still got Otani. They still got some other guys they can maybe hopefully rebuild quickly. But if I'm Trout, I'm like, send me the five or six different teams. Send me to Houston. Send me to New York. Send me to Boston. Send me to the Padres. Send me to the Dodgers. Send me to the Braves or the Mets. That's what. Um, You know what's funny is the Reds had a shot to get Mike Trout, too. What's that? I said the Reds had a shot to get Mike Trout, too. How? And they didn't go. It was a trade scenario that they uh somebody pitched to the Reds and they didn't they didn't want it. They didn't like they didn't like Mike Trout. Was this when he was a prospect? Yeah, before before uh he came up to the major leagues. He was still in the minors. Okay. Okay. Well that makes sense. The Reds probably liked somebody like Aaron Boone instead of Mike Trout. Actually, that's completely just non-fathomable. Cause off, was... off the air. Way off on the air. Buddy. <laughs> anyway, I know, right? All right. Well, last, last thing, uh, we're going to skip these. I, well, I, I, I want to mention this. The Yankees are currently 49-17. and 17. Um, They're whooping ass, man. They're whooping ass. Are. 116 wins is the record. Can the Yankees this year challenge to beat that? And so I, I think no. if they're under 25 losses at the All-Star break, they got a shot. I don't think so, man. I, I think they have a shot. You don't think you think they got a shot to get the 116 wins? I do. Because you're going to think okay. October baseball. I, I think when September, October, you're going to see a lot of these teams bring up their younger younger talent to just play them, and the Yankees are just going to eat on them. I, I think a that's, lot of that's, – That's true. I didn't think of that. Is Judge has to stay healthy, and so does Stanton. Because right now, Judge has played in 64 games. He stayed pretty healthy. Stanton's been in 53. They've both been pretty healthy, but they, they, those two guys are injury-prone. They, they define injury-prone, Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. So – they got to stay healthy. No, but this year they have so much extra, like, juice to go with it. They have LaMatthew. They have Donaldson. They have so many other people that could jump in and try to, you know, man man the fort. The only weakness for, the, for them is uh, I think pitching is they're, they're pretty good. They're at solid, man. They're, they're pitching, you know, it's been like a revelation this year. They've been solid. I'll, I'll give you that. But uh, well, they allow the least amount of runs in the MLB. For now, I think yeah. they're doing really good. We'll we'll see what if it holds up. But that that would be maybe if the Yankees have an opportunity to go out and swing the, to the fences for uh, another starter. You know, I like Cortez. I like Garrett Cole. I like Jamison Talon, uh, Jordan Montgomery, <laughs> and Luis. You know. Um, Still make me a little nervous. Yeah, I I think there's still the rumor out that they still want Luis Castillo from the Reds. That's been a rumor hey, for the last they, two or three years. If, 
if they gave me a bunch of good prospects, I, if I'm the Reds, I'm taking that deal. I'm sorry, Luis Castillo was great, but we're not going any for a, we're not going anywhere for a while. And and the Reds need all their farm system is not great. And if you look at their they need to stockpile. They need to stockpile. They need to stockpile. And I I like Nick Lodolo and Hunter Green. They're young prospects. They need about another year or two in the majors before I think they really reach their potential, their full potential. But, man, yeah, the, the Reds are short on major league-ready prospects. And I, I think getting rid of Castillo and and even uh, trying to maybe deal uh, somewhat um, along the lines. I, uh, another player, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now. I, I don't know why I can't think of his name. But one of the other pitchers, I thought, um, I, I would try to do it. Mally, that's it. Mally, that's Mally. yeah. I would say it's just we're already shitty this year. The Reds are already shitty this year. Let's let's try to get as we're, many prospects as you can, and I think Castillo with, uh, brings back the best return. And maybe I'd try to move Stenzel as well, um, because I just I, I don't know the Reds. I don't think they've drafted very good the last couple of years. Um, I, I, I don't know. Uh, what, Senzel, was, when was he drafted? Like 2018? Something like that. 2018, 2017. Yeah. And he's only 26 years old, but he doesn't look like he's doing anything. He's played he it together. Well, he's been injured every single year, too. That's that, that's yep. that stupid risk. Uh, Hey, let's put a middle infielder in the outfield and let him play. Let's convert him to a center fielder. I just, I don't know. I haven't been impressed uh, very much with, uh, I mean, in that same draft in 2016, they drafted Nick Lodolo. They drafted Taylor Trammell, who's now, I think he's gone, right? He's He's, he's been dealt. Yeah, he's gone. And they drafted and Senzel in that draft, and none of those guys have hit, like, really, really hit just yet. So, uh, we'll see what happens. Um, all right, guys. Getting down to the nitty-gritty. There's about seven minutes left. Skipping uh, the views from the weekend segment because Ishan was being a dick this, this evening, and he wasn't going to sleep, so I didn't have time to, to prep, finish prep that. But what do you guys think about Vince McMahon in hot water right now? I really want to hear Josh's take on this. Yeah. I want to kind of stay quiet. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think everybody knew what was going on behind the scenes. I mean, he's a dirty old man. I mean, we watched it in the 90s. He was just a dirty old man. So, I mean, it's it's hush money. They accepted it. Obviously, I, I think WWE knew more than what they're letting on, so just so they can stay out of it. But, I mean, he's a dirty old man. And I hope, hopefully he's gone and WWE can change their product because right now they suck. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think pro wrestling is on its way to dying. It will never go away. There will always be a market for it. But the popularity that was maintained in the, that grew in the 80s, maintained throughout the 90s, and then the early 2000s is gone. It's gone. Even AEW is making mistakes. AEW hasn't cornered the market yet. What AEW took was basically – a high-up indie brand, think Ring of Honor, you know, and then they got network coverage at TBS and TNT. And then they started taking all the WWE, you know, guys that were jettisoned or decided they weren't happy with their direction uh, that they were going in. And then they over-signed guys. And meanwhile, WWE had fully embraced the entertainment aspect and no longer cares about the titles no longer cares about putting on a good wrestling show. But the Attitude Era was not only entertaining, but you had great – Monday Night Raw was must-see TV. 
it was must-see. And that wasn't even counting the stupid, like, brawn panties matches and all, and all the other dumb shit that they did at that time. You had great main events. You had guys that you tuned in to watch. You wanted to see DX. You wanted to see The Rock. You wanted to see The Undertaker. WWE doesn't have that. and AEW hasn't been able to capitalize yet, in my opinion. And now you got you have two two promotions where your champions do not wrestle. Roman Reigns is part-time. I don't know when we're going to see him again. And CM Punk's hurt. So... Well, I, yeah, Roman Reigns and, and Roman Reigns is going to be versus Brock Lesnar for SummerSlam. They've already pretty much I don't, put that out there. Well, Brock Lesnar showed up on Friday night. Yeah, so, another Brock Lesnar matchup. That's, yeah. Nobody so, exactly. I mean, that's where WWE messed up is they keep going back to, hey, this worked in the past. It's going to work again. No, it's not what I want to see. I want to see you well, bring up the stars. They, they had all the bills. Mania. They, they had yeah. all the... the uh, and now they're saying, from what I'm reading, I didn't even know this because I thought the SummerSlam build was going to be Drew McIntyre. I thought that was the match that they were going to have at SummerSlam. But now I'm seeing this article that was posted an hour ago. And apparently... Uh, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar are going to go SummerSlam, and they want Lesnar to win. Well, I think they they had a the match for uh, Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns. He's going for the title in the Glasgow. So I think they wanted they held that one off for that pay per view because um, it's a homecoming for Drew. But yeah, I mean, I, I think WWE screwed themselves when they they had Roman beat Brock. Uh, and then sign him to the contract, they didn't know he was going to go part-time. They should have done it the other way around. They should have had Brock beat him and then have him fight his way back up and then win it back and then give him the contract. Gives him more longevity with Roman, I think. Yeah. Well, I I think the the way it was was WWE. Go ahead, Josh. WWE did Roman Reigns to be part of Raw and SmackDown. And when they did the contract, that's when he made the demands like, hey, I'm – I'm not doing all these dates, sorry. So they painted themselves in the corner. They screwed themselves by allowing that. Like, okay, well, maybe we can get the belt off. They had a perfect opportunity this Saturday with the hottest wrestler right now in Riddle. Why not? Let's see it. I mean, does anybody else find it funny that Vince McMahon is going on TV a lot? I feel like he knows. He's about done, and he's trying to soak up as much TV time as possible. I mean, him and him and Laurinaitis have been like dirty old men since forever, you know. <laughs> and I think you're right. I think he's trying to save a little bit of face for the company, and it's not going to work. Yeah, I don't think. He's and uh, Laurinaitis is out now. now so. if, if Vince McMahon is forced to step down and, and retire from the WWE and is fired. I don't know what that means for WWE, especially if it's given to the hands of an outsider who did not grow up in the wrestling business. I, I think 100% if there's a of like a disillusion, but either you're going to have like a Saudi company that's going to come in and try to buy buy them out, like the way that they try to start a different golf league altogether, right? Outside, yeah. outside of the PGA. I, I could see something like that happening, you know? Saudi Prince coming and saying, hey, Vince, Here's whatever a billion dollars. Let me take WWE off your hands. I just I, I think if, if Vince McMahon leaves and he doesn't hand it down, Stephanie Shane Stephanie is I think stepped away. Triple H is not doing things now. I don't know. I think WWE is in trouble. To keep it going is possibly someone like if you bring in like Eric Bischoff. No, who knows? No, the last run that Eric Bischoff had, he just he's been terrible. We've seen that in TNA. He was he was terrible there. But just to correct you, uh, Stephanie McMahon is back. She is okay. uh, when they announced that she she came back. Okay. Uh, so, but I I think they were they should. If they were smart, 
let Triple H run with it. I thought Triple H did really well in NXT when he was running it. And And then they messed up. Everything he built in NXT, every time they came to the main roster, those guys got fucked over. Exactly. But that's how you made the stars. He was making the stars in NXT, and people liked them, and they wanted them to go to the main roster. And Vince demolished them. Like, that's Vince's then they got fault. Buried. Yep, then they got buried. Exactly. All right, guys, that's all the time we got. It's been a great Monday. Uh, today was mostly all, was all sports-related. I know the show that Josh, Tommy, and I did were <laughs> with very little sports and more pop culture and political stuff, but that's what we do here on All Bases Covered. We'll mix it up. We are getting to the slow, slow season before football starts, and and now the NBA is over. So we're going to have to mix in some more pop culture and some more uh, some more talk. Uh, that's you know a little bit out of the box. But thanks everybody for listening. I think we, Mike, we need to bring back some more brackets, man. Oh, you're a good call. We'll brainstorm that and see what's what's the next bracket that we have in store. And we will have a uh, we will have a guest next Monday. Uh, and then NFL, uh, an actual NFL agent will be joining the show on next Monday to talk about how uh, to discuss, um, you know, how the Browns fucked over the QB market and the impact of NIL, among other topics. So it should be a good listen next Monday. We will be back Friday with a new show. So thanks, everybody, for popping in. Uh, we will brainstorm also the next bracket that we reveal. Maybe we can have one up by Friday. So we'll see. You. But thanks, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your night. Get blacked out, blacked out. When you don't have all this It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.